Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Codex Prime podcast. We are on episode 187, and it is Tuesday, December 17, 2019. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me, as always, is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's going on, everybody? Yeah, man. Uh, we are uh, doing it over Skype, so we're not live on Facebook. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not tonight. Uh, please excuse Please, I want to apologize for my absence. It's been a very, very rough uh, couple of weeks. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was definitely due to the storm, and then working overnight in the storm, and then working the next day over the storm, and then... It was just, it was just bad. And then last week, uh, my girlfriend's daughter had a recital, so I had to tend to that. Um, but I'm back, yeah. hitting y'all with some nerd, you know, hitting y'all with that nerdy goodness, as Victor likes to always say. That's right, man. Yes, yeah, how we do every week. Yeah, man. It's it's been it's it's been uh, pretty busy on my end too. It's a lot of a lot of stuff wrapping up the semester. Um, <laughs> don't say that <laughs> but uh but yeah it's been it's been real busy but um, i'm glad that everything's wrapped up for me on my end um this weather it's too cold too icy too snowy for my taste oh, tell, tell me about it. you don't have to carry a casket today in that icy weather oh man that's that just makes it all worse Oh Jesus! Yeah, and the caskets, you know, and caskets are heavy in general, so it was like, oh Jesus! Yeah. <laughs> After working an overnight, so. <laughs> mhm. But yeah, we're but yeah we're we're back. We're doing it again, and we'll post this on Facebook, and uh, we'll upload the audio on SoundCloud, of course, and it'll also be featured on uh, Spotify. Uh, so yeah, man. Um, yeah. Besides besides all that, anything else you've gotten into uh, these last couple weeks? Yeah, well, on the co- on the comics front, there's a new story arc that just came out, you know, other than, I think, okay, rap, Absolute Carnage finally wrapped up. Okay. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I, when the, when the trade comes back, comes out, pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, the uh, 2099 is uh, actually going very fast, as a matter of fact. Um, I'm still in... in and that one's pretty cool. It's like they have like the main issue with that revolves around uh, Spider-Man mm-hmm. and Spider-Man 2099, Miguel O'Hara, and then they have like all the one-shot one-shot uh, issues with Fantastic Four, Doctor Doom, Venom. Venom, the Venom one was actually real. With Venom is Venom in 2099 is actually a black girl named Aaliyah, mm-hmm. and she actually goes through she uh goes through a traumatizing event where she gets like burned. She's caught up in an explode in an explosion. Mm-hmm. And in the future, they would take like the Venom symbiotes, and I'm definitely sorry about that. Yeah. And I and they would use it to cure diseases. Oh, okay. So they were using that. It was a company called Alchemist, which is, I guess is like the next like Rand Industries, the next the next you know Stark Industries or whatever mm-hmm. in that time. And they. Um, so they actually used the Venom symbiote to heal her, but yeah, she got the part of the Venom. But then the the symbiote started talking to her. They went into the the Venom. They went into the labs, broke all the other Venom symbiotes, and then they formed together where she becomes future Venom. It was like yeah, Venom twenty ninety nine. It was actually pretty cool. Um, I have I have it somewhere in this stack that I haven't even like 
organized in a while, so it's like a huge stack of comics. Um, so yeah, the 2099 series that's been fun. I think that's actually about to wrap up tomorrow. Okay. No, like in a, within a few weeks, it should be done by the end of the month. It's like a two. It was a two month event, and then also I've been reading the Annihilation Scourge, which is written and written and drawn by various artists. And um, what it's about is a new evil is invading the negative zone from the Cancerverse, yeah. and now it's up to Nova to form a team in this brute, you know, to stop this brutal invasion. And stories also include one shot stories of. Um, with uh, there's the alpha, they're called alpha and omegas for like the beginning and ends. Mm-hmm. Then you have, and it also involves Nova, Fantastic Four, a Beta Ray Bill, the Silver and uh, Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. So it has like all these cosmic. Uh, um, it's more of like one of the cosmic stories in the Marvel universe. Um, it's actually pretty fun. That was actually a uh, Reagan recommendation. Okay. So that was pretty, you know, that was pretty good. You know, shout out Sam on that one. Um, I haven't even had the chance to talk about my Black Friday purchases, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was actually I actually did very well. We um like right after Thanksgiving dinner, like when everybody was all done and stuff, we went to the Walmart in Putnam, Connecticut, which I live in North Smithfield, Rhode Island. So it's like a half hour drive or whatever. Okay. Um. So we are we avoided all the lines. Mm-hmm. Like the, there was parking. We just we was we was pretty much in and out. Like, we was in there for, like, an hour. Like, the store was packed, but it's, like, nobody was rude. Like, everybody, you was still, like, able to get where you, you know, what you needed and where you needed to go. Mm-hmm. At first, well, so I picked up uh, Call of, the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare for, for, for 40 bucks. Okay. Yeah, which is very good. I suck in that game. I absolutely suck. Absolutely positively mm-hmm. suck in that game. I can only get better from here. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I can um, I can describe I can um, describe my game playing skills in it, but um, yeah, I actually managed to catch like one of the last two copies that was in that store. That was in that store, and they had it like in a box, in like in this little shelf, these cardboard shelves, like in the middle of like the milk aisle. Mm-hmm. So I like lucked out extremely. Nice. So, um, yeah, but that's been fun. I've been shout outs to Dominique, Brian Lucier, uh, and Brian Lopes from the UWO. We get together sometimes and we play it. And it's cross platform. So, you know, Brian's an Xbox user. I'm a, I uh, play the superior device. And, um, yeah, we just have a ball. We just have a ball. Like, I never, it's been a long time since I, I can honestly say, like, I lose every time, but I'm actually having fun. Hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah, like who has fun losing? <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like uh, Modern Warfare Two is like pretty, pretty damn good. Like it is. No, it definitely is. It actually, well, we'll get to it. It actually did win, uh, win an award, um, in the 2019 Video Game Awards that we're gonna be diving into uh, later on. Yeah. Um, I also picked up the Aladdin slash Lion King re-release at GameStop for like 20 bucks. Okay. Um. I did. I had to see if I could still beat Lion King as fast as I used to back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't. <laughs> the, 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 the Twitch stream is up. Um, it used to be. I used to be able to beat it in like twenty minutes. This time, it kind of took me a little less than an hour. Okay. All right. So, so it's still good time. It's, no, it definitely is. You know, but the videos, the video of the Twitch stream is up. Um, 
that was still a lot of fun. I picked up Crash Team Racing for fifteen bucks. Okay. Because it's like, well, Ed shout out from the to Ed from the Party Nerds in Gamedelphia. It was his recommendation because mm-hmm. he he was always a Crash fan, and you know it was one of the games I pick up. I picked up to play with the kids and stuff, and they have fun. They have fun playing it, and also Devil May Cry was fifteen bucks as well. Oh wow, that's Devil May Cry Five. Oh shit, that's an awesome price. Still like. Mm. Yeah, so so like, that that was dope. I haven't even had the chance to like even play that yet because I've mm. still been on Death Stranded and still been playing Call of Duty and doing all my other stuff, DJing, uh, Fashion Week's party, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, hopefully sometime this week when things kind of calm down a bit, you know, especially like when the holidays is finally over, it's, you know, I have more time to dedicate to gaming. Um. Todd, McFar- Todd McFarlane, the creator of Spawn and my all-time favorite comic writer, he did a he's doing a private signing. So like if you with the uh, CGC, the comic book reading uh, company. Mm-hmm. So what the what he would do is like he he's actually going to fly to uh, Sarasota, Florida, and he was giving everybody a chance to like send in their books, whatever they you know things that you know characters that he created books that he did everybody mm-hmm. sign them in obviously you got to pay for the uh, send them in you got to pay for the service and whatever mm-hmm. and he'll sign them and he'll and they will grade them right then and there and send them back to you oh wow it's pretty dope yeah it, it is because it's like i mean i still have like stuff other stuff that i have so just in case if i do end up meeting him like at a con or something i'll get those done but i send in my spawn number one and one of my spawn 300s mm. Okay. And so that's gonna be cool. And I'm still waiting on my uh, C- my uh, CGC comics from Rhode Island Comic Con. It usually takes a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And big shout outs to Brian from the UWO this past Sunday. We did a watch along. Okay. A monthly watch along, and this time we have chosen. I'm sorry, Vic, but ECW's December to Dismember from 2006. Oh, oh God, that was awful. We humans, wrestling fans, humans are just gluttons for punishment. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, that's one of the most infamously bad uh, pay per views in WWE history. It was the low. It had the lowest buy rate in all of WWE's history until the network came along. What? Jesus, yeah. How low was the buy rate? It was. Give me one sec. Um, Shit. Yeah, EC ECW well, or rather WWE ECW. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. December third, two thousand six, Augusta, Georgia, James Brown Arena. God. Yep. It had the attendance of forty eight hundred and received ninety thousand pay per view buys, with fifty five thousand of them and. Uh, 55,000 of them domestic buys, the lowest buy rate in WWE history until the induction of the WWE Network in 2014. Wow. Damn, was bad. That is bad. God, I, I remember, man, just top to bottom, man. Like, what was it like revisiting that whole show? <laughs> you see some of WWE's missed opportunities, Elijah Burke being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um the Eminem versus Eminem versus the Hardys, the opener was a bit too long, ran for 22 minutes, but it's like you still everybody was still into the match. 
Yep. Probably the best match of the entire night. Mm-hmm. And it's you, you got to listen to it. it. It's a lot of fun to queue up that WWE Network and just join the fun, join the roast. Because, I mean, yes, we we are gluttons for punishment for doing this. So um, next month we're going to do, we have, we decided we're going to do, we're going to do a Royal Rumble for January, but we're still up in the air for two of them. One of them was Royal Rumble 94, which took place at the Providence Civic Center. I'll never say the dunk. And then the another, the other one was Royal Rumble 2000. Okay. That was at Madison Square Garden. If you remember Takamichi Noku getting thrown out by the big boss man. Oh, yes. And face planted. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they played it over and over and over again. I'm sorry, that's comedy. <laughs> that was comedy. Jeez, I mean, that was a nasty spill. It was. Yeah. It, it was. And then also, like, they had the table match with the Hardys, a street fight with, between Tac- Cactus Jack and Triple H. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually a rather good event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're going to do that. Oh, yeah, in December to this member, we saw a young Bobby Lashley. We're just like, dude, he still looks the same. Bobby Lashley yeah. does not age at all. Yeah, yeah, he's frozen in time. Yeah, yeah he's another vampire. <laughs> oh man, I remember when I remember when the crowd chanted bullshit when CM Punk and Rob Van Dam got eliminated. You building CM Punk? As a matter of fact, Paul Heyman quit mm-hmm. WWE right after the event. Yeah, 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 because he just saw his baby just die right before his eyes. And ECW did not. They didn't try to put out WCW. Why they had to do it? But it's like they tried to. They tried to do something with it, and it just couldn't. It it, it couldn't. Yeah, it just shouldn't have done it. They, if they were going to do a third brand, mm-hmm. it should have been its own identity. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I I, I remember hearing uh, years ago that Shane McMahon, like the original plan was for Shane McMahon to run. To have to present WWE CW in the way that NXT is now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what they ended up doing. If you really rem- if you really look back, you know, Zack Ryder got a start mm-hmm. in the ECW brand. Um, CM Punk, yep. Kofi Kingston, like they tried to do that, but by that time, it was just you know, at that point, everybody had like lost interest. Mm-hmm. The stock just went down, and it was like, all right, let's just you know, kill it. Yeah. And, of course, who can forget the uh, final ECW champion in history, Ezekiel Jackson? Remember him? Yeah. Vaguely, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, with the, with the hot dog neck. Yeah. You just described, like, so many friends and family that I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You said it, man. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I ain't the f- Listen, have I said worse? Oh, much worse. Much, much worse. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yes, and and of course, you know, certain podcasters that we know have said much worse. But anyway, speaking <laughs> <laughs> of them, um, big shout outs to Brian too. That's my buddy. He actually yeah. had a uh, a free three month trial to XM Sirius Satellite Radio. Oh, okay. And he gave it to me, and I've been introduced to Busted Open Radio. He's been like trying to get me to listen to it for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Man, I have a ball every time I listen to it. I, I'm usually on the road while you know while I'm driving like my clients around and stuff, and I just throw it on, and 
Bully Ray is a complete creative genius. Mm-hmm. It sucks that he's in ROH with the state that it's in right now. Um, it sucks that his so many of his ideas can be used in WWE, but he knows how Vince is, so he will never go there. He would never go there, but it's he's literally a creative genius to the point where I had to tweet him that how much of a creative genius he was on the mm-hmm. first day that I listened to it. He even tweeted me back, hey, thanks for listening. Like, it was, you know, I'm a, I always mark out when celebrities tweet me back, but it's, but yeah. Mark Henry, excuse me, Mark Henry is a good addition to the show, and Tommy Dreamer is actually a lot of fun to listen to as well. I never got a chance to listen to a full Dreamer episode, mm-hmm. and, well, not even a full Mark Henry episode as well, because, they, you know, things that I got to do while I'm at work and stuff, but they busted open is a lot of fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, Fight Nation, uh, yeah, some Fight Nation from nine to twelve, uh, Monday through Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like, if I highly recommend any wrestling fan, because it's a show from made by wrestling fans for wrestling fans, mm-hmm. and it's just it's a lot. It's a fun listen, and they don't just and they cover everything. Oh, you know, wow. WWE to AEW to NWA to ROH, New Japan, they cover it all. Mm. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, fun listen. If the, if you ever get a chance, if you just have XM Satellite Radio, mm-hmm. XM Serious Radio, listen. Give it a listen. Okay. And then, of course, there's my new bunch of idiots that I'm invested into at 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> of course. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Just when you think it's gotta get the situations are gonna get worse, can't just when you think they can't get any worse, mm-hmm. it does. Of course. Yeah. It does. Yeah, it's must see TV. It is. It's car crash <laughs> TV, like. But I mean, there's other good stuff. You know, TLC is still, you know, have a learn, you know, the learning channel aspect to it. Um, like they have um this show, one show I did get into called Long Lost Family, where it's like it's pretty much sponsored by Ancestry.com. Mm-hmm. And just, like, people who are adopted try to look for their long-lost relatives and stuff. So it's, it's, it's kind of the yin and yang. Okay. It's, it's my TLC yin and yang. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much learning you can do on a TLC channel nowadays, but... No, there's a good amount. There's a good amount. Okay. Yeah, uh, like, there was, there was another show I... There's another show called Who Do You Are? Mm-hmm. Like, Who Do You Think You Are? Yeah. And like celebrities track down their ancestry. Like the one that the episode that caught my eye was Smokey Robinson learning about his, you know, family's history. And he was actually able to like track down like the land that his um like great grandparent, like his great grandfather, like began his family oh, after wow. he was freed from slave slavery. And he actually ended up like like the, at the end of the episode, he's like, wow, this was it. This is where like my family began. Mm-hmm. Wow. and stuff i saw there was another one with laverne cox from uh orange is the new black mm-hmm. uh, and i think in a host of other celebrities have done it too so yeah there's still some learning you know it didn't it didn't go ratchet there's still actually some learning aspects of um 90 day fiance as well like when you're learning about different cultures and stuff <laughs> no it, it really it really is true like they, you know like i you know, learn like how you know certain customs and cultures are. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. when it comes to like marriages and stuff. A lot of them are strict. Like there's this one story where um this woman is marrying a guy from Turkey, mm-hmm. and he she has kids. But the Turkish guy, this is the one I told you about where they have to communicate through a Google Translator app. Yeah. yeah. He won't, yeah, he will not, he he can't tell, he can't tell his family about his woman's kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's like, they're like, oh, when do you plan on telling your family about us? Oh, in about 10 years, like when his parents are like on their deathbed. Because <laughs> Marrying, you know, marrying a woman with kids, you know, whatever. It seems like very sinful. So it's like you tell them on their deathbed, sins are forgiven or whatever, which is something like I never knew. Hmm. You know, and you see, you definitely see like the differences mm-hmm. and, you know, in culture and like, and, you know, when it comes to like relationships and marriages and stuff. So there's some... There's some educational aspect to it, but there's still like, like the, the judging idiots. And 90 Day Twitter then on Monday mornings is the only thing I look forward to on Monday mornings. Hmm. Okay. Because people are savage. <laughs> I bet they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, everybody's rooting for Remember I told you about the woman who um who's married a Nigerian and she had him like wearing like Trump underwear and stuff? Yeah, I think you mentioned that. Yeah, it was awful. Like he's like, "Oh, I got my visa, Donald Trump. I'm coming to see you." Did a little dance. We're just like, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" Uh, America, like the 90, 90 day Twitter, is praying mm-hmm. that he's just using her for a green card and he splits. <laughs> we are. Hey, you got, hey, you got to get like, where you're he, If you hear other cases about that, you hit. Probably hear somebody say, "Oh, that's messed up that they did this." We kind of want it to happen. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you can uh, get into the country, get get your permanent residency by courting some Trump supporter to do it. Hey, you know, you know, uh, people of. I mean, she's not racist. She's just a Trump supporter. I mean, she's not racist. You know, she has like half black grandkids. No, that doesn't mean anything. She could, you can still be plenty racist and have black kids. Marrying a Nigerian, but I mean, not all Trump supporters are racist. I know that I know firsthand. They're not. Yeah, they're just sadly misguided. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Let me say that whatever your p- political pre- uh, preference is, mm. but that's all I've been up to. Uh, okay. Cool. What about you? Oh man, I've just uh, been been watching watching some movies. Uh, let me see. I've caught a, caught a, a few new ones um, over the last uh, couple weeks. Um, I think they're still playing in theaters. Uh, one one on Netflix. Um, there's one that's really interesting, uh, which uh, stars Sterling K. Brown, and is, is, uh, stars uh, let me see Kelvin Harrison Jr., Lucas Hedges, and a couple other actors, Taylor Russell and Alexa Demi. It's called Waves, and Waves is a really interesting drama. And it's written and directed by Trey Edward Schultz. And it's about this well-to-do uh, black family. They're based in Florida. And the son, uh, Tyler, played by uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr., he's like the star uh, uh, athlete on the on his re- high school wrestling team. Um, he's dating this this girl. Uh, and, you know, th- things are seeming, things, things seem like pretty, like, you know, going going well for him. Uh, his father, Sterling K. Brown, he's like kind of like this, sort of like this like 
you know, this macho, you know, machismo, like, hard-ass dude who keeps pushing his son to, you know, be, like, the greatest, be the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, you know. Um, Rich. Yeah, like, Sterling King Brown, like, he, play, he plays a father who's, like, he's very he's very all about that that macho masculinity like in all the stereotypical forms like oh man you you got you got you got pump iron you got you got to show these you got to show these motherfuckers how, how you what you, how what you made of on a on the mat you know you, you got to wrestle your way to victory man you can't take no for an answer and you know there's a there's a scene and he and he's such a hard ass that there's a scene where uh uh Tyler the son he's he he wins a wrestling match but then everyone's cheering for him, like his his stepmom's cheering for him, his sister's cheering for him, and the Sterling King Brown Sterling King Brown's like looking at him like, this motherfucker, you you won the match, but you didn't win it the way I told you to win the match. He's like one of those, one of those types of dudes. I can't picture. I would have to see this because I cannot picture Sterling K. Brown as that type of figure. Like yeah. I'm so used to seeing him as Randall from This Is Us. Don't judge me. Yeah. Um, get into that garbage. <laughs> I'm telling you, yo, if you I know you don't you pretty much disregard anything I hype up. I really think you and Monet watching this together would enjoy it. I mean, I'll I'll wait till the show ends cuz you know, I don't want to like, you know, invest all that time and what if it ends on a crappy note like Game of Thrones. Oh, shows I can't going to be Game of Thrones. <laughs> but I really then I really believe you two would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like it, the show's on break right now. Mm-hmm. It comes back in January. Yeah. Try it out. Um, you still have Hulu, right? Yeah. Try it out. Like, used to just watch it. First of all, you, Sterling K. Brown's character and his wife in the show. Mm-hmm. Goals. Okay. okay, so they're that type of couple? Love goals. Okay. All right, so uh, I take it that he's your favorite character on that show, Randall. There's something I like about every character. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, I'm so yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off on that. I'm and drive off to something else. It's just I'm so used to any to seeing Sterling K. Brown like that, and he also played um, he played in the O.J. Simpson show. Yeah, he played a uh, Clarence Darden. Yeah, and he's like his Kim, his character wasn't as far from you know wasn't that far off from random, mm-hmm. from Randall, and then also in Black Panther where he was, even though he played Killmonger's father, he was like in that gangster life, but it's like it was wasn't really hard to believe. Mm-hmm. That's something I want to see just because like he's portraying something different yeah. than what I'm used to. Yeah. Yeah, and, and but back he, to, I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah, he's really good in waves, and it's like it's um. And it's a, it's a pretty good performance from him because, like, you see how he kind of, like, shapes his life and how how his actions kind of shape his son, and, like, too much to his too much to his detriment. And the film, like, like you think that you're 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 following you're following the son, and then all of a sudden you you learn he he learns that his girlfriend is pregnant, and you learn how self-centered the son is and how much pressure he keeps putting on himself. And then the story like goes take goes into like all sorts of like uh these like really intense directions and what's interesting about the film waves is that like there's different aspect ratios so like it's the film starts off in like a 1.85 widescreen where it fills up the entire uh screen then Uh then then the film starts to narrow a little bit with like a 2.35 x aspect ratio then it then it 
fills up then it fills up into like a full frame like a square uh aspect ratio uh the academy ratio like it keeps changing aspect ratios throughout the film to kind of match like the character's moods and the tone of the of where the story is it's really interesting how it goes um, i remember sorry again i remember the dark knight doing that too well when i saw the dark knight when it first came out i saw it on imax so like mm-hmm. you know when they showed like the um like got like Batman hanging from like a skyscraper, and when they would show all of Gotham, yeah. it would fill up the entire screen. But then like certain scenes where like certain dialogue scenes would just be, yeah, be widescreen. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know with the with the Dark Knight, uh, it was shot uh, both on IMAX cameras where you had that that wide full frame, and then it was shot right. on regular thirty five millimeter. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, Waves is really interesting. Um, like it's, it's something that like like you should just watch like because because if i talk any more about the story I, i'd have to spoil it well, if, yeah i'm looking at the cast and um yeah. it seems pretty interesting lucas hedges yeah lucas he was really good in it too um it, it's it's a really good story uh it's uh, di- distributed by a24 it's like one of my, one of my favorite uh film distribution uh companies uh it's really independent yep they're an independent studio um they yeah, this is a really good film. I'm mean, still playing in theaters now. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorite films of the year uh, so far. I love how it looks and the acting and the story. It's just it just all comes together. It's like a really, it's like a really uh, a distinct film. Um, and and like I said, if you're a fan of like good acting and especially Sterling Sterling K Brown, then Waves is something you should check out. Um, I also saw a Marriage Story. A marriage Story, which is on Netflix. That's the one with uh, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. And that was that's one that one's uh, written and directed by Noah Baumbach. Um, that one's that one's an excellent film. Um, great acting. It feels raw. Uh, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson they play uh, like an artsy couple. Like they're based in uh, Brooklyn, but then you know they they you know get they they're on the verge of getting a divorce. And uh, because like Scarlett Johansson's character wants to live in L.A., uh, Charlie uh, and Adam Driver's character Charlie, he's a theater owner and he wants to like stay in Brooklyn. And they have a kid together. They have a son who kind of you know is is caught in the middle. And so like thing and and at first like, they're like okay we agree not to get any lawyers involved. We're gonna have an amicable split. We're gonna keep it friendly. We're gonna you know do the right thing and do right by our son. But then uh, Scarlett Johansson's character decides to lawyer up. And her lawyer is played by Laura Dern, who's like who's like this complete shark. She's like, yo, get this motherfucker. Take him for all he's worth. He ain't shit. You need you need to cut him down to size, take all his money. You need to like have him grovel and beg all this shit. Like she's all about like coming for Adam Driver's neck. And so Adam Driver, he has he's kind of like he's kind of figuring out, like, okay, like I don't wanna, you know, get caught in this legal battle, but at the same time, you know, I need, I need, I need to do, I need to do what's right for myself while you know trying to do right by my son. And it's a really interesting story. Uh, great acting. Um, like I said, it feels like the way that the way that they both play their characters uh, is so. They feel like a real couple. And there's a scene where they have like this intense argument where they go back and forth and they say all these words that shouldn't be said. Uh, that a couple shouldn't be saying to each other and it's like holy shit you feel like you're just like you feel like a kid watching your parents argue and you're hearing them saying some intense awful shit and you're like holy shit like whoa mom dad please don't fight yeah i'm I'm looking at the cast too as well like alan alda from mash is in this he's playing he plays one of the lawyers yep yep he's in ray liotta 
Yeah, Ray Liotta. Yeah, he's the he's a he's a lawyer who who um Adam Driver's character uh, first meets and and Ray Liotta is trying to warn him. It's like, yo, you need to play hardball because your wife is coming at you, and this is how we can we can get back at her. And like like he's like a shark, total shark. He's like, yo. You know, you need. I'm expensive. Yeah, I'm two twenty thousand dollars on a retainer, but I can get you the results you need. And I'm and I'm driver's like, nah, man. I'm I'm trying to keep it peaceful. And well, you know, things happen. But but yeah, it's 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 a great it's a great film. Um, especially like like this is a type of film that would have um that would have that would have been a common like in the 70s and 80s like in terms of its tone yeah. uh, but it's it's an it's an excellent film and um it's gotten a lot of praise a lot of buzz so far um scarlett johansson and adam driver both terrific performances i really recommend it um i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's uh it's the best like date movie because of the nature of the story <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't um, but but I th- but I'd say like if you're in the mood to watch some great acting, um, de- definitely check out Marriage, Marriage Story. Um, let me see. I also saw uh, Pain and Glory, which is a, a film by a Spanish filmmaker, uh, Pedro Almodovar. That's with that's one with uh, Antonio Banderas and Penelope Cruz. That one was really good. It's it's currently playing at the Avon uh, on Thayer Street in Providence. Um, it's, it's really cool. It's like a, sort of like a semi-autobiographical, uh, film. Uh, Antonio Banderas, he plays this, uh, a film director named Salvador Amalo, who's kind of, you know, you know, he's kind of trying to reflect, reflect back on his life and like, like his childhood and his mother's played by Penelope Cruz. He's trying to figure out like, you know, where he's, where he wants to go in life, in life. Like his, uh, his friend is an actor. They, they did a movie together, but they had a falling out like for over like 10, 20 years. Um, that one was really interesting. Um, it's, uh, uh, Antonio Banderas, like an excellent performance. I think one of the best performances I've seen him in, like it's been a, a many years since I've seen Banderas in a really good film that kind of shows you what he's capable of. Spy uh, kids. <laughs> spy kids. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh God, Spy Kids. Was it in Shark Boy and Lava Girl? I think I don't know. I think that's what it was. It was one of the two. Yeah, yeah. He did. I know he did a lot of movies with Robert Rodriguez, like Desperado. Uh, but yeah, that's a really good film, Painting Glory. Um, especially if you're a fan of Almodovar's work, uh, as I am, and if you're a fan of Banderas, I recommend that. It's still playing at the Avon for our local listeners. Um. I also watched some, some more movies on the Criterion channel as well. It's my favorite streaming service. I pay the uh, annual fee, so I don't have to pay a monthly fee. So it's 100 bucks a year. Watch all all sorts of, like, literally hundreds of thousands of, well, not hundreds of thousands, but thousands of Criterion films on there. Some that, are, some that, some that aren't on Blu-ray or DVD. So there's plenty to choose from. Um, there is one, well, there is one that I watched. I watched two... <laughs> I, watched... I, I just want you know I do not trust your face reaction right <laughs> well with with the uh, on the criterion channel uh there was a couple movies I watched there was one uh it's an it's a it's a old 1930s film called freaks and this one was directed by Todd Browning and who directed the original Dracula from 1931 mm-hmm. uh and freaks it was an interesting movie it's it's a it's a movie about like a like a these, there's like this carnival sideshow of like all these like uh, people with like physical deformities and they kind of like form like their own like motley crew like their family their own like makeshift family and um and the, the movie was the movie was uh 
I, I could see why the movie was responsible for ending Todd Browning's career. He was a director because people were so offended by the movie. Like, oh my God, like you're, you're exploiting all these people with physical de- de- deformities and disabilities. And, you know, why would you show those type of people on film? Nobody wants to see that. Like people, very ableist and all that. And like the film, the film had gained a reputation throughout the decades as being a midnight cult movie. And it is a cult classic. Um, and it's only like a little over an hour long. But um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect this movie to shock me, and it didn't until the very end, where where I saw the human chicken, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, there's a apparently, um, yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Human chicken, and when I saw it, I was like, I, I didn't know whether to laugh or like be repulsed. I was a mixture of both. So yeah, all I can say is, if you watch Freaks from 1932, there's a human chicken. Oh, I'm Googling you know, yeah, it, and it came up. Yeah, and, and it freaked me the fuck out. Like, I, I did not expect this movie, especially a movie from all the way back in the 30s, to freak me out. And it did. So, Freaks, you got me on that one. You got me. Um, yeah, okay, here we go. They got, the scene, they got the scene. This is one of those watch calls reaction. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. yeah. Okay, a little carriage that, got, that gets knocked over. Yeah, so... Uh, well, uh, Oh, are, are you watching? Uh, are you watching? Yeah, yeah. okay. Is it, somebody just got. Apparently, it's raining. Oh yeah, it's it's a little after that. Um, I think yeah, I, I guess in your own time. It's like just, a two minute. Yeah, it's like a two minute video. Okay. Um, yeah. So. So yeah, besides freaks, that was that wasn't the freakiest movie I I caught. Um, there were I caught two, two more uh, John Waters movies. <laughs> uh, John Waters, he was a director of uh, Polyester, uh, which I reviewed a few weeks ago on the podcast, which is on the Criterion Collection. Um, that was Scratch and Sniff one. Yeah, the Scratch and Sniff one. Yeah, uh, and he also, and of course, uh, he also directed. Um, let me see, Hairspray with Ricky Lake in '88, and Crybaby with Johnny Depp that came out in 1990. I think that, I think those two were his most mainstream movies, but the ones that I watched were the ones that he made like underground before he went into the mainstream there was one movie i watched called female trouble uh which uh are you are you, are you looking at the human chicken carl looking at your, I'm is, at your face right what, did, what, is that what it is crawling from out of the from like under the cat uh no, no 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 that that's not it uh but yeah um but yeah as you're watching that uh i did watch I did catch. I did purchase one more film on the Criterion Collection. It was one more film that I ordered uh, off the Barnes and Noble sale, and it's John Waters' Female Trouble. Uh, this one came out in 1974, uh, starring Divine, John Waters' uh, muse. Uh, this film was a uh, man. It was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was a piece of work. It was a piece of uh, cult filmmaking, which. Monet and I had a chance to watch. It's off the wall. It's about this uh, woman named Dawn Davenport, played by uh, uh, Divine, and uh, apparently, uh, it, it takes place over like the course of like ten, twelve years, and she goes crazy, and um, you know she becomes this complete menace to society. She wants to be famous. Uh, she has a daughter who's what? Like, oh, whoa! Oh, do you see the human chicken? Uh, yeah, it's a woman, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that freaked me out. That freaked me out. 1932, man. Yeah, and that, and that movie, man. It, it. Yeah. 
I didn't. That was the most shocking I, thing in the whole I movie. Don't, I don't know what to think of this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the whole movie, like, it's kind of has a sweet narrative, but like, it gets really dark at the end, and then when you see the human chicken at the end, it's like, oh, oh shit. And I, I think, I think, um, I think that move, that ending, I think that has to be the inspiration for uh, one of Kevin Smith's movies. I think called it was called Tusk. It was with a uh, Justin Long, and it was, it was the movie where Justin Long, uh, uh, he, um, I think he was like kidnapped or he was basically tortured by some guy and the guy turns justin long's character into a human seal so i think maybe freaks inspired that movie by kevin smith tusk but i don't know but anyway female trouble uh it's a freaky film i really enjoyed it it's it's got a kooky cast it's a kooky film uh it's um it's 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 a it's a movie that uh, I would recommend if you're in, if you're into like trash cinema or cult films or midnight movies. I mean John Waters is one of the premier figures of that, so check it out. It's on it's on the Criterion Collection. And last but not least, um, I did watch John Waters' uh, his um, second film. It came out in 1970. It was also starred Divine. It was called uh, Multiple Maniacs. Uh, that movie, uh, well, where to begin? Okay, okay. It's, it, I think it was probably the freakiest John Waters movie I've seen, and that's saying a lot because, okay, there's a scene where uh, you have Divine's character who meets this woman, and then she receives, like, a rosary bead job in a church while she's, like, uh, talking about the story of Christ and, you know, being crucified. So, like, so it's, it's, like, it's cutting between scenes of, like, Jesus, like, being, like, you know, crucified and there's like scenes of like divine's character being like you know getting like rosary beach shoved up her ass um, like in, in, in inside of a church okay uh there's also a there's also a scene where divine's character gets raped by a giant lobster whoa what i i don't i don't know where the giant lobster came from because i was sitting there like okay the, the film didn't hint at the giants at the at, at a giant lobster coming out of nowhere there was no hint of that at all, but for some reason, like, there's a scene where apparently, like, um, she kills, like, two people, and then, like, all of a sudden, she's, like, you know, you know, writhing in, writhing in, like, her, her grief, and all of a sudden, this giant lobster comes, like, made out of, like, paper mache and, like, cardboard, and then it starts raping her, and then, like, the, the giant, the giant lobster is just, like, you know, gets dragged away, and then, and then she gets shot in the end. It was, it was a weird movie. It was a really weird movie. I, 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 I. I liked it, but, um, you know, it's, it's one of those movies that, you know, um, I, I personally can't recommend to anybody, but I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. But you know, you, you, you've had, so, you've had quite a weekend. Yeah, I did. I did. Human uh, chicken beat human chicken bee jobs and lobster fucking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the lobster one was the weirdest one. I mean, I mean like, I, mean, I I thought that the one where where she had all the rosary beads shoved up her 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 bum was bad and was weird enough, but then like you had the lobster and it's like okay where did the lobster come from that that was a question that kind of like nagged at me when I watched Multiple Maniacs I was like okay I I, I okay I can I can understand all the other stuff but where the but why the giant lobster you, you know it, it was like weird but you know but you know who who understands who knows the mysteries of you know artists sometimes but the the you know the mind of an artist i don't know how it works sometimes but that's all the stuff that i watched um yeah so all in all a pretty normal typical uh week in the life so it is what it is 
<laughs> Should we make this a challenge? Uh, watch it, John. Watch. No, 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 no. Human chicken challenge. Oh. Everybody record your chicken. Everybody record your your uh, reactions when you fe- when you first see the human chicken. Oh, from freaks. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was genuinely shocking. That's one. That's one out of all that you just talked about. Like that's the one I'm probably more like, wow, like the most because like yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's <laughs> it's absolutely uh, it's a mind fuck. Yeah, 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 and um, but yeah. I'm trying to decide between that and like Kevin Smith's movie Tusk, where Justin Long became the human seal. That one was just bizarre. Yeah, have you seen that one? I have not. I remember hearing about it, but yeah, yeah, that one was just yeah, that one was just what it was. <laughs> a day in the life of Victor. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, you know. Um, but but still, you know, like hey, you know, I, I've I've seen some shit on film. A lot, um, like you know. But uh, you still you, you see all that, but you still won't sit through Hannibal, Cannibal Holocaust. Oh fuck no, no Cannibal <laughs> Holocaust. That's beyond the pale. Like from what I hear, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good with that. Um, there's another. There's a, there was another movie too. You watch Strange Things about the Johnsons, but you won't watch Cannibal Holocaust. Oh yeah, Strange Things about the Johnsons. I mean that. I mean as dist- I mean they don't show anything, but it's yeah. just like. You know what's going on, and that's just enough as it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was a, it was an interesting film. I mean, I've seen it twice, but you know. Oh, and, and during my Christmas shopping, I saw the movie, and I'm just like, why hasn't Victor picked this up yet? Oh, which like, one why is it literally in this store and not in Victor's like household? Oh, which one is this? Midsummer on Blu-ray. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 gonna wait. I'm gonna wait for a sale, you know, because right now it's still at full price. I mean, I like the movie, but I'm gonna wait until either it goes on sale or maybe there's like a steelbook somewhere. I I, I don't think it, I don't think there's one that exists, but if there's some special edition edition that comes out, I'm gonna check it out. Um, I know that the current Blu-ray of Midsommar is only like the original theatrical version, but there's a director's cut that features 30 extra minutes, which I'm really curious about. So it's it's a really good movie. You should see it. You know, along with Hereditary. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I will say, Midsommar, it does have a really weird sex scene. I mean, it's it's probably it's definitely the weirdest I've seen all year for for me. You for just me. watched a movie about somebody getting fucked by a lobster. I don't think you can get more weird than that. Well, well, I mean, besides, I'm well, I'm talking about like movies made this year in 2019. Like, you won't find a weirder, uh, freakier sex scene than the one in Midsommar. Um, yeah. And, um, but that was a really good movie, but I do recommend watching Hereditary as well. That came out last year by Ari Aster. That was really good. Um, it's kind of like a slow burn, but man, man, yeah, heads will roll literally. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. How about us? We don't got no sponsors. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't have any sponsors. Damn. Oh well, yeah. Anyway, anyway, uh, let's see what else. Oh yeah, uh, Resident Evil Two. I actually bought uh, uh, this uh, DLC which unlocks all the rewards for like five dollars. 
so I have all the infinite weapons. Did that 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 exists? Yeah. Yeah, if you if you go on the PSN network, uh buy the if you go to look at the RE2 DLC for $5, you can unlock all the rewards in the game. So all the costumes, all the uh, concept art and models, all the infinite weapons. So you don't have to play on hardcore mode. Because I was like, because I was looking through, a, I was watching a YouTube um, walkthrough. And I was like, okay, uh, I, I want those infinite weapons, but how do I do it? And then it showed like how to play through hardcore mode. I'm like, fuck that shit. I am not about that life. So I went on the PSN network. So I'm like, okay, hopefully there's some DLC that I can buy that unlocks everything. Lo and behold, there's like one, $5. All in-game rewards unlock, like, like, but with tax, like five five dollars and thirty-four cents. Boop, bought it, and I'm enjoying it. Now I'm playing it through it again. I'm playing. You see I'm, what I'm doing, right? I see what you're doing right now. You you got the TV on right now. You're about to buy that DLC for yourself. Hey. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and what's really cool about that about that is like I'm actually playing through on hardcore mode. So now I can breeze through hardcore mode with like the infinite rocket launcher and whenever mr x shows up you shoot him like once or twice at the rocket launcher he goes once down twice, boom. and that's how i beat it back in the day oh really yeah it wasn't um it was a special mode i i just don't remember what the, the power did shut off like it did uh-huh. anyways it'll, it'll come on eventually i'll see it on the tv screen yeah but yeah i Definitely need to do that, and then I'll be playing it again. I haven't even played Death Stranded in like ever. Yeah, I've, I've, it's been a week since I've played it. I've gotten pretty pretty far in the narrative. Um, I'm still trying to unlock more. Um, well, trying to connect more um, way stations and whatnot. Yeah. But it's, it's been pretty interesting. And well, uh, spe- speaking of Death Stranded, yes. Want to get into the oh the game the Game Awards 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you, I was just about to segue into that. Yeah. So That's yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah. It's um, not a segue, but it's a segue. Damn it. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll take what we can get. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, uh, the Game Awards 2019, hosted by Jeff Keighley um, at the Microsoft Theater in LA, took place uh, last week on December 12th. Um, we had some uh, pretty surprising winners this year. Um, very surprising winners like yeah. I'm, I'm just sitting there just watching it writing down writing everything down on my notes uh, whenever they uh, whatever there's um, there was a trailer or an announcement mm-hmm. release you know I had you know I wrote down my initial thoughts about it um, yeah from the pre from the pre-show on to you know the actual show itself yeah Oh yeah, and should we get into like uh, some of these categories one by one, kind of break down what we think? Let's go. Let's run. Let's run them through. Let's run through and like, yeah, run through initial thoughts. Yeah. Then we can go into the uh, trailers. Yep. Initial thoughts and then. Yeah. So um so yeah, looking at the lineup here, um if we start with the main with the top uh, category game of the year, so we had uh five. No, actually, six uh, nominees. We had Control, uh, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, and The Outer Worlds. Pretty strong. Now, before, yeah, sorry about that. But hmm. before that, what was your what was your pick to uh, win it? Uh, for Game of the Year, 
I was like I had a feeling that Death Stranding like wouldn't take it. Um but not not that not 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 and not anything against its quality or anything, but I just had a feeling that that it was gonna go to the outer worlds. Like I, I had a feeling that the outer worlds might have gotten gotten away with it, and if not that, then maybe Control, because uh, Control had a lot has has a lot of uh, good buzz to it too. But I was really surprised to see that Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. From from software actually won game of the year. Shocked the shit out of me because I'm like honestly I thought Smash Brothers was gonna take it. Oh yeah, yeah Smash. Smash Brothers came out like early you know early this year sometime during the summer you know there's still DLCs coming out for it people are still playing it Mm -hmm. religiously and I'm just like really. Yeah, yeah I was like, huh some of my boys to rage quiz to the point where i'm just like i would love to see vic play that yeah i was curious about uh a Sekiro, uh, shadows die twice um i wasn't too sure about it because of like the 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 system that it has where like where it const- where it's like emphasizes like parrying like you know blocking an, 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 an enemy's attack right before they strike i because like for me excuse me like for me i was never I was never too good at parrying attacks in video games, so I had a feeling that eh, maybe this is a from software game that I might not be able to get into as much as I want. Uh, but you know, um, I know Sekiro has gotten very good reviews uh, across the board by by multiple publications, and for it to win Game of the Year, I mean that's a, I mean that's one hell of an accomplishment, and considering that. Yeah. Considering that, like, uh, from software games like Bloodborne and Dark Souls, like they have a strong following, but but they're but they're pretty niche, and they're not like they're not made like for all gamers because because of, of their difficulty level and like their um, the denseness uh, uh, that's packed into each game in terms of like the mechanics and whatnot. So for a game like that, like from from software instead of a from software game to win Game of the Year, that says a lot. That really says a lot. Um, yeah, that was one thing, and one thing I would love, to, reason why I would love to see you play, because shout out to my boy Furman, he was like, yeah, I was playing it, and it's like, you know, when you beat one boss, it's like so hard, mm-hmm. only for you to move up to something harder, and you're just like, oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> and I really was like, I think Vic would probably breeze through that one. I mean, yeah, I've beaten two. No, three uh, uh, from software games. I beat Bloodborne and Dark Demon Souls and Dark Souls Three. So like, if I if I sat down and and try to play through Sekiro, I probably could get the hang of it. But again, like for me, like I've never been good at parrying uh, uh, enemies' attacks in games. So like that's something that, that I would that would take me getting used to. Because I know because that game's all about that. It's not really about blocking or, or dodging so much. It's about like you have to like parry in order to like effectively make your way through the game and survive. So if I can get through that mechanic, then I probably would have a good time with it. But I'll, I'll probably wait until the game maybe goes on a sale goes on sale and then i'll probably get it then but i'm very curious now that it's got game of the year though because that's that's a really dude that's like that's the highest praise right there it it is and uh there was one category that i was disappointed about was best fighting game okay let me scroll down here and it was super smash brothers ultimate that got it okay and I said, honestly, that's the only game worthy of beating MF Mortal Kombat 11. 
Mm. Yeah, I know like, you're a huge Mortal Kombat fan. So love that game. That was the only game that it was nominated. That was the only category it was nominated for, and it didn't even like didn't even win. Mm. Yeah, um, I know Smash Brothers Ultimate. It's, it's kind of like you know, if you played one, you played them all, kind of. Um, but but Smash Brothers has been popular for like 20 years for a reason. Uh, yeah. But um, but yeah, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 11. I mean, it it looks fantastic. Um, part of me was like, I actually kind of want to play play that. But did you but, tell me that? I mean, I mean, I mean, I, the th- the thing is like for me when in fighting games like, I I I, I don't know, man. Cause I, I'm not I'm not, I'm not the best fighting game player. And to get the most value out of, out of a fighting game, you have to play with more than you know more than yourself. So that's the thing. Um. But I'm interested. But it's an interesting category because there's also uh, Samurai Showdown, which yeah. which I've heard has gotten some decent reviews. Like it's gotten some praise and criticism for its like its learning curve and its difficulty and its gameplay. Um, but it looked in, it looked interesting. There's also a Dead or Alive Six. Um, that that series is alive and well. I don't know too much about Dead or Alive Six um, and Jump Force, which I actually, was that the one was that was that the enemy fighting game. Yeah. Yeah, with Naruto and all that. Yeah, I play, yeah, I played it. I played it once. Mm-hmm. So it had that Naruto feel to it, but it was like it was, it was fun for what it was, you know, for the little bit of time that I played it. Yeah. So I can see why, like, it has, like, you know, the, it has the fandom, the fandom that it has. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, and and also uh, speaking of Mortal Kombat 11, I actually watched a YouTube video recently uh, that. That featured um, all all the voice acting uh, from Ronda Rousey as Sonya. Jesus Christ, that was horrible. It was like, it was like, it was like, oh my God! You, they clearly hired her because of her name value, her celebrity, and you know they did they, they did the original voice actor dirty because like you have all these professional actors into their roles, and then you have Ronda Rousey sounding like, I will stop you. Let's fight. Damn, the, the it's like the flattest the flattest line reads ever. It, it, I don't I don't know I don't know how. Watch the Fantastic Four cartoon again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God damn, Ronda Rousey, an actress, she is not. Yeah, no, nah, not at all. Yeah. Like if she's gonna do any fights, if she's gonna be like any actress, like honestly, Ronda Rousey's best movie was Fast and the Furious. <laughs> was a which one was it? Was it Seven? No, yeah, it was seven because it has like a because the three the three skyscrapers. Yeah, she was like some kind of like Israeli uh, a guard or armed forces. No, she, imagine she was just, but she was like, yeah, she was just in a fight scene. That was it. Yeah, she, fuck, she just fought. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where that's where her lane is. But yeah, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 losing best fighting game, but Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Hey, that's a it's a huge win right there. Um. Also, uh, speaking of um, uh, going back to Sekiro, the game of the year, it also won um, best action adventure game um, against uh, other other games such as Borderlands 3, Control, uh, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, and The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Hmm. That's that's interesting. Yeah, but our baby kind of took home some chain, took home some hardware though. Death Stranded. Um, what he win for? Best score in music. Um, I'm just trying to go down my list here. Yep. Best performance, Mads Mikkelsen. It did. Yep. 
Um, one thing that kind of caught my eye uh, was the Xbox Series X. That's the ne- yeah. the newest uh, console coming out uh, next next holiday season, 2020. Um, kind of looks like a square uh, sp- speaker. It's a goddamn black-ass Tesseract. Yeah, pretty much. That's a good way of describing it. Um, it's, like, it's just like one black slab, like an obelisk, and it looks with a single disc slot. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know about... I, the, only, the only thing, though, is like I'm not, sh- I'm not too sure about the name. Like, Xbox Series X, it's like... They could have been a little more creative because, like, you know, for market confusion, because, like, you know, there's Xbox, you know, um, Xbox One, Xbox One X, and then yeah. there's, like, Xbox Series X. So, like, from a consumer standpoint, initially, you'd be like, is that just an updated version of the current Xbox One X? You know, it's, it's kind of weird. But, it, but, yeah. I saw the best meme about that, about that Xbox Series X. Oh yeah. It's holding up a piece of glass. It's holding up a glass table <laughs> <laughs> with a PlayStation Five on top of it. Yeah. Okay. It kind of looks like a table, a table leg. I'm like, that's just mean. I'm yeah. like, PlayStation. Honestly, my 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 thought was PlayStation. Show me what you got. Oh yeah. Uh, they announced a PS Five, right? I think so. It um. No, they did announce it like it's coming next holiday season. Yeah. So I'm gonna start getting my. I, I get PlayStation every. I'm I'm a PlayStation guy. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So like once they start announcing that they're taking pre-orders, I'm putting mine down. It. Yeah. Like I know it's the biggest gigabytes I can find. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a beast when it comes out. This, um, yeah, this, this deleting this deleting shit gets me. Yeah, that's why. That's why, like for the PS4, you need to get like the external hard drives. They're like sixty-five bucks off Amazon. And, yeah, like, I saw one. I'm hoping you get one for Christmas. Yeah. You listening? Hint, hint. <laughs> yeah, get like a two terabyte one, and you'll be good. Um, I was intrigued about um, Godfall, which is like the first officially announced game for the PS5 coming out. Um, that's by Gearbox Software. It's like an action RPG. Um, mm-hmm. like a high fantasy game so it kind of has like vibes of like uh kind of like um i don't know for some reason it kind of made me think of like this old game um kingdoms of amalore reckoning the one made by 38 <laughs> studios which tanked the state of rhode island thanks a lot kurt Schilling. <laughs> oh snap i remember that i remember that uh, uh my initial reaction was has rage quit written all over it oh which one is this godfall godfall really yeah why rage quit yeah. I, I think I, I I honestly think I'll probably like rage quit on. I mean, it looks it looks intriguing. Like I want I want to learn more about it. Um, it, it kind of has like a some elements of like a looter shooter type deal. Yeah. So so hopefully so hopefully it won't be bogged down by like all sorts of like money grubbing micro transactions and whatnot. There is one thing I did get pissed off about. And I'm looking at it in my notes. Yeah. Somebody named Shroud won Content Creator of the Year. Mm-hmm. And I put because fuck Xavier Woods apparently. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, like, I don't know if content creator of the year if that goes to if that goes to just like um, for lack of a better word like amateurs or rather non professionals. Uh, maybe maybe that's the criteria for content creator of the year. Uh, well, be- I'm gonna have to find that out because like up up down down is a 
an amazing channel, a very huge and widely popular channel. Yeah. Yeah, like like if anything, like Up Up Down Down should have its own special award for like for like for like the popularity that that popularity, cultural impact. Cultural impact. Yeah. And and you know, for bridging both worlds between professional wrestling and gaming. You know, exactly. That, yeah. Um but speaking of there was one I wanted to get your thoughts on. It was uh it was a game called Salam. Salam. Hmm. Uh, it's basically like you learn the uh, I think it's one of those uh, Facebook gaming mm-hmm. games and um, it was made by I, I forgot I forgot his name but he was a he was he was raised as like a Somalian refugee mm-hmm. so it was um so the game's supposed to simulate what like refugees went through mm-hmm. and I know that's something that you would de- dive deep into deep into um, if you missed it then I'll I'll have to send you a link to show you and get your get your initial thoughts about it because I I watched it I'm like oh, it sounds like a from my initial thoughts I feel like I got that Oregon Trail feel for it but mm-hmm. it's it's gonna get it'll get its message across yeah it brings awareness to what you know the refugees went through or possibly still go through okay yeah that sounds intriguing yeah if, when, if that comes out if you can send me more information i can yeah i'll definitely dig into it more um, um oh another surprise uh from the game awards i did not expect this game to receive a sequel but i'm intrigued it's a hellblade uh uh was it Senu- saga yep senua saga hellblade 2 um a game that I did not expect to to receive a sequel, but I'm actually pretty happy that we're getting more from this from this world. Because um, the first the first Hellblade Sinuous Sacrifice is is amazing, like in terms of like exploration of like psychosis and mental illness and how it yeah. uses like the Norse not Norse but like 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 um like really old school um what was Mythology. the word? Yeah, yeah, Norse mythology and Celtic culture. Yeah, how he uses both to kind of depict that. Uh, it, it it was it was like it was like incredibly well made. Um, yeah, I thought I needed to see. I thought I needed to see more. Yeah, uh, it's it's a game that's it's worth it's worth buying. Um, I know that there are hard copies, but primarily it's widely available like through the PlayStation Store or the Microsoft Store if you have an Xbox. Um, I do have PlayStation now, so it was probably available on there. Okay. Yeah, if it is, like, I recommend checking it out. It's it's really good. But uh, but Senua's Saga Hellblade Two, uh, that one, that one I would love to learn more about. Even though like I, I believe that it's it's only coming out for the PC and the Xbox Series X. Hopefully, yeah. event, hopefully, it eventually it'll make its way to the PS4 because uh, it's it's an it's a fantastic character, uh, Senua, and I don't know if, if I don't know where they can take that character from here, but. But I'm intrigued. That's 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 one of those games where it's like, you don't expect to hear hear a sequel made for it. But it's like, wow, I'm glad that we're getting more. So it was a welcome surprise. Yeah. Um, what about the music of Cyberpunk 2077? Does that make does that make you even more amped up for that game? Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't actually actually didn't uh, check out the the music of Cyberpunk. It's just the game itself. Yeah. Yeah, it's very. The music's gonna be like very diverse. I'm just like, oh my god, like that's just gonna be like the next. Like everybody's gonna. Be, that's the game that all of, like the entire fan squad, all of us is gonna be playing together. Okay, like the soundtrack is kind of kind of like a Black Panther soundtrack feel. 
It's a, not, but it's just diverse. Like, there's going to be, I know ASAP Rocky is it, Run the Jewels going to be in it, and um, a couple other rock and, uh, and uh, EDM artists as well. Okay, nice. I'm intrigued. You were sold with Run the Jewels. Oh, uh, Run the Jewels is amazing. Like, Run the Jewels. Yeah, I knew you was. Yeah, Run, Run the Jewels 3, it's like one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is coming out April 16th, 2020. I'm going to definitely cop that. That one in Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, man. Yo. Take my money, please. Like That's exactly what I put. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. Like, empty the bank account. <laughs> yeah, like, Ghost of Tsushima looks amazing. It kind of reminds me of, like, an interactive samurai movie. Yes, that's what I got. It's like I was... Yeah. I, I felt like I was watching The Last Samurai without Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, like, just in terms of, like, its its look, like, the falling leaves and, like, how... It's not, like, a hack and slash, but it's, like, you have to, like... You just, like, one or two strikes to your opponent, kind of, like, real there's, life. Yeah, there's, like, more... There's depth to it. Yeah. It, it's, like, what... If they was to ever make an Onimusha reboot... Mm-hmm. Or, like, remastered it... Yeah. That's what it should be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they made a, a reboot of Animusha in this kind of like in a similar style, like Ghost of Tsushima, I'd be intrigued. But I find Fantasy Seven remake is looking great too. It 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 is looking good. Although, like, I don't I don't I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on the Final Fantasy Seven remake because I think I think that they're trying. I think Square's releasing it piecemeal. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Make it like episodic or something like that. Yeah. So that's the only thing that kind of like puts me off to it. But but yeah, Ghost of Tsushima that's coming out um like the, in the middle of next year. Um, that one I'm definitely looking forward to because it kind of reminds you of, like the Akira Kurosawa samurai moves like Seven Samurai, Yojimbo, yeah. uh, Sanjiro, all those other ones looks really good. Sort of Doom. But yeah, that's one. That one looks like a pretty pretty intriguing one. Uh, there's one that I I know that you actually just said. You know what? Here's a, vi- a certified Victor shut up and take my money game. Oh, which one is that? Fast and Furious to Crossroads. Really? Fast and Furious Crossroads? Is that what we're is that what we're doing, Carl? More Fast and Furious? It, it, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. It's so, a universe. So apparently. Oh, universe. Okay, so I'm, I'm clicking on the link of this. So apparently, uh, Slightly Mad Studios, they're the ones that are developing this game. It's coming off of the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's all about family. And you play as Vin Diesel, and you got to defend your family by driving cars with your family. Okay. Um... Let me see. Uh, stars Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, and Tyrese Gibson reprising their roles. It's got Sonequa Martin-Green oh, from Star Trek Discovery and The Walking Dead. Okay, okay. Um, oh, do, you, do you drive through three skyscrapers in the game is what I want to know. Do you drive through – do you drive across, like, glaciers and, and drive through icebergs? It's – I don't know. Does the game partially take place in space? Do you drive through space stations? Come on now. We got one more movie. We got one more movie to go in space. One more movie to go. If we, if they make an announcement in Fast Ten that they're going into space, I'm having Eris on the show and just to have him spend an hour and a half screaming about it. 
Oh my! I'm like Fast and Furious is going in his face. Vet and Aris scream, just scream about it. Yeah, and, and you know why stop at space? You know why not make the video game where you drive so fast they go back in time and they gotta drive in like those old timey Ford Ford Model Ts and they gotta strap NOS to them and you gotta drive fast. <laughs> Boom! Concept right there. Even better, even better. They go interdimension. Interdimensional, interdimensional. Like like for some reason they go so far back. They they're driving through the Renaissance age. Like William Shakespeare's a passenger. Jesus Christ, man, this, this is a fucking ridiculous they, franchise. They, they drive so fast that they go into other universes. Yeah, they end up they stumble upon the MCU universe, and you know. <laughs> yeah, you know Peter Parker's a passenger. Dominic Dominic Toretto and Dominic Toretto and Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the the. They, they gotta get like the um, I don't the know. Avengers becomes, be, the Avengers become part of the family, like. Yeah, the and and the Infinity hubcaps that they need for Vin Diesel's car. Dude, they say you put you put the hubcap. Yeah. <laughs> they put the Infinity grab stones, put them on one of the hubcaps. So enough uh, hubcap that's that that can hold enough power and just he drives so fast. That it just sets off like a whole nother ground zero, and you can do whatever you want. Oh my God! Just another du- a whole nother dust. You know, you know the you know the sad part yeah. is we gotta get we got these. Why aren't we writing these down? I mean, that's the sad part. But I'm pretty sure we can literally write a spec script being this ridiculous, and we could probably make some bank off of it. They'll probably take the ideas that we just came up with. I mean, because let me I mean what Hobbs and Shaw. It's got. Idris Elba with superpowers. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I started watching that. It was on um, it was on the TV while I was watching when I was getting my hair cut one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, the, the Fast and Furious movies, like, I, I enjoy them for what they are, uh, because like, you know, they're 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 not high art. They are popcorn munching, mouth breather films. They're, they're fam squad movies. There's more to there's more to that, and you know it. Yeah, it, 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 I got a T-shirt. Popcorn munching, mouth breathing, vulva rubbing, dick beating, beer drinking. I don't know, beer drinking. You know, book avoiding. I don't know. There's a whole bunch I could come up with, but you know, th- 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 those are fam squad movies. You know. <laughs> Movie, mo- movies that the fam squad can sit down and be like, well, you know what? I, I don't like to think. I don't like to stretch my brain too much. So I need a beer no, in my hand and watch the fast watch that movie and just have a mo- and have a wonderful time amongst <laughs> friends. Oh man, the fan- I, the- you'd, be you'd be surprised how much they read too. I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, uh, you know what? The fam squad they gonna watch. They gonna watch this. They don't watch our episodes, so who cares? So anyway. Uh, getting back to the announcements, uh, Fast and Furious, of course. Um, I don't know. Hope. You know, I basically put that. I basically brought that up just so I can get your get a reaction out of here. I know, I know you did. I yeah. pulled one of my clients, but I pulled one. Of, I took a page out of my one of my clients' books. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but uh, but yeah, hopefully it's hopefully it's a game that you know it's a video game that breaks the video game movie curse. Hopefully it's actually good. But you know, Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel's actually had good luck with video games with the Riddick games. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's a video game that's based on a movie. 
Yeah. So that curse hasn't been that bad. It's video games that are, it's movies that are based on video games. Yeah. That's the curse. That that's very true. Yeah. Still has the still Wolf Among there. Us. Oh, the Wolf Among Us two. Um, I heard I heard good things about the first one. I haven't played. That's I know that's a Telltale Games uh, uh title. Um, I can't really say much about the Wolf Among Us because I haven't played the first one. How about you? Uh, me neither. I never, but there was one there. There was one game that whose animation was absolutely gorgeous, and I think it's a Xbox exclusive. So kudos to them. <laughs> Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yeah, that one looks beautiful. Yeah, like the art was the animation. I was just like, wow! Like, wow! I had to get I had to give props when props was due. Yeah, that, was, that game looked gorgeous. Oh yeah, like like that. That purple and pink, uh, like lighting and yeah, like the color just, scheme. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that's coming out uh, March 11th next year. That's for the Xbox One and PC. Um, that's yeah, my mom's birthday. Oh, nice. And and that's a sequel to uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. That's a 2015 title. Right. So, yeah, it looks artfully done. Um, kind of reminds me a bit of Hollow Knight too. So there's that. <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, let's see, Ghost of Tsushima, Humankind. Oh, there was one that kind of caught my eye. I was like, huh, oh, interesting. Uh, no More Heroes 3. Uh, I put no comment. Yeah, I know that. I know the first game was made by... Was it... Was it I have a feeling... No, I don't think it was Suda51. Um... No, actually, I might be thinking of another series, but No More Heroes Three as a hack and slash video game. Um, this I think it's only coming out for the Switch though. But that one looks like, hmm. If I was a Switch player, I'd probably like give it give it a look see. Warframe Imperium. Um, Warframe. I know that's I know that's a free to play game. That's been out, that's been out for a long time on the PS PS3 and four. Um, I've heard I've heard good things about Warframe. Um. I'm not I can't say I can't really talk about it. I was like, okay, so yeah, okay, so where's the gameplay? Yeah. Um, if there are any Warframe players that, that happen to listen to this episode, maybe they can chime in and let us know how the game is. Uh, exactly. Sons of the Forest. Sons of the Forest. Hmm. Where is that? Okay, here it is. Uh, by End Night Games. Don't know too much about this one either. Yeah, that's potential. I need to. See, I need to see more though. I gotta keep. I have to keep my eyes open for that one. My mm-hmm. eyes and my ears to the streets a little more. Okay. Uh, this uh, this seems to be like a horror game, right? Something like that. Because I'm looking. I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry. It says that the the forest was inspired by cult films such as the The Descent, which is really good, and Cannibal Holocaust. Is it really? Yeah. Apparently, uh, it's. Inspired by those films, Cannibal Holocaust, and video games like Don't Starve. Hmm. Okay, well, in that case, I may have to uh, do a little research on this game and uh, see if it tickles my fancy. Um, yeah. But, uh, let me see. Oh, there was another game that kind of, like... It didn't excite me, but I'm like... Eh. I, that, my, my, that was my reaction. It was like, meh. And I know that might disappoint a few fans. Uh, Half-Life Alex. 
Um, it's like a VR game by Valve, uh, which actually continues the world of Half-Life 2. Um, yeah. The reason why I'm kind of meh on it is because Half-Life 2 came out all the way back in 2004, still holds up, and then 2007 you had Half-Life Episodes 1 and 2 for the Orange Box uh, package for the PS3 and the Xbox uh, One. Xbox 360. Uh, now, like, we're almost like it's been like 16 years, I think, since uh, since um, Half Life 2, and now they're coming out with Half Life Alex, which and it's not Half Life 3. So at this point, it's like, what's the point? That's my that's my whole deal. It's like, what is now, the point? I'm I'm getting that Last Guardian energy from you. Yeah, cause like, cause I'm a cause I'm a huge I was a big fan of like. Half-Life 2, and I, I liked Half-Life 1, but Half-Life 2 and, and the spin-off games for it, those are, like, really well done. Those are, like, some amazing first-person shooters, and and then and the story is in- interesting. But now it's, like, it's, it's, it's a story that's, like, like they've the creators have dragged their feet for so long that, like, Half-Life 3 has become, has long become a meme, like, like, longer than Duke, more infamous than Duke Nukem Forever, in a way. It's like, oh, oh, are we ever going to get Half-Life 3? LOL. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. So why why put out Half Life Alex, which is a, which is like a, yet another another spinoff, when all this time they could have like released Half Life Three. They could have been working on that instead. I don't get it. Well, like why why create another piecemeal entry in the series? It's it's just what's the point? That's why I'm just like, eh? if you if you're excited about Half Life for all you Half Life listeners out there, great. I'm not rating on your parade, but for me. If it's not three, I don't. I, I why should I care? If it's not nah. three, you never did play The Last Guardian, did you? No, no, because like because the reviews the reviews turned me off to it. Like, really? Yeah, the reviews are so mixed, and I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna spend like full price on it. I think it's it was on sale on Black Friday for like really low, and even then I was. I think like, it- probably still catch one very low for like i was i would say by now it's probably so dirt cheap it'd be one of those like eh, why not i guess yeah if it costs as much as like a sandwich i'd be like yeah he said into like sandwich price range and i'll be like eh, why not a sandwich a meal or whatever like yeah yeah but but yeah um half-life Alex, uh, not 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 too intrigued by it. Um, another one, that, but but one more that caught my eye was uh, Bravely Default Two, which is a sequel to the D, uh, 3DS uh, RPG, uh, which is pretty popular uh, for uh, Nintendo fans. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about Bravely Bravely Default. I remember when Aris was on the show, like he talked a lot about uh, Bravely Default in a couple episodes. Really? Because I actually talked. I actually put it down. I didn't know anyone who would actually like play it. Mm. Like I, I know. Yeah. Well, good, but it's like I, I don't. Uh, I'm like, eh, I could wait, but I was like, who actually would play this? And I had to like really think about it. I didn't know anyone. One, I did, but apparently I was wrong. Yeah, I was Jones about it. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, so maybe, hopefully, maybe he'll say more about it, but, um, that was one game that I was kind of curious about playing, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to buy a Switch, and, you know, there, there was, and I just let it be. Uh, let's see, let me look at some the other... Magic the Gathering games are looking good, too. Uh, Magic the Gathering? Yeah, yeah you know, like, um, 
Dead Rose Beyond Death. Um, there was a the Legends game that they showed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the gra- those graphics did look pretty impressive. Like mm-hmm. I, um, but I'm actually more curious. Like I gotta find some um, some Magic players. Actually, I actually know some, and I just never really like talk to them about. I want to hear about their thoughts about you know what was always like a you know fan favorite tabletop game. Actually, you know going to the video game going into the video game route i don't know any if any of them played it yeah i always wanted to hear their thoughts but i just never think to ask about it yeah hmm, interesting yeah i know that like magic the gathering is for at least for my advances point it seems like it's gotten like a kind of like a resurgence in popularity in recent years yeah so because i've heard i've heard like a few students here and there like talk talk a, a lot about it so, yeah and i know they have i know they have like their like esports um you know, showcases and tournaments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like, I don't think it's as big as League of Legends, where you know SNL did a. Par- did I ever show you that Saturday Night Live parody that they did of um, uh, esports legal? Um, oh, Le- League uh, of Legends. Yeah, uh, League of Legends esports competition. Oh no, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it was with Chance the Rapper. Yeah, it was hilarious. Like he does a, He was played a, an it was a. At an MSG show, it was a MSG, and he was playing an MSG reporter who's used to covering basketball. So he was like, "I brought a basketball thing, and legends are gonna be here, you know, so I can get this signed." And somebody asked me what this was. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Can you tell us what? Can, can you tell us what has transpired over there?" No, I cannot. <laughs> and then there was one joke that it was to the point like he broke character. He said, "This is what the white and Asian kids were doing while black kids were out inventing hip hop." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, you know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, but yeah. Nah, you have to see this kid. It was it was freaking hilarious. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like uh, yeah. Any other uh, thoughts about uh the Game Awards 2019? So I was like, oh. It was a nice show. I wish I caught it. I, I wish I caught it on time because, but that night I had my um, my company Christmas party. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I definitely I had to go to that. And but um, I still, you know, I ended up winding, you know, watching it pretty. Um, it was it wasn't a bad show. Yeah, yeah, it was like some interesting uh, uh winners all around. Um, I thought I thought. I, th- I thought the, some of the previews were, were pretty intriguing as well. I am looking forward to seeing what the next generation of consoles will bring to the table. Exactly. Yeah. I'm always looking forward to that, though. Oh, yeah. And, of course, uh, um, Ghost of Tsushima. And I, I don't think they announced it, but, of course, um, The Last of Us Part Two coming out in May, which I can't uh, wait for. I've been, waiting, I've been waiting patiently since we started the podcast, practically. So I know I still gotta finish part one. Oh man, you 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 have to. That's it's my 2013 game of the year for a reason. Like it's the story is incredible. Like one of the best stories I've seen in any video game. Um, the thing is, and I see, and I see whenever I go into the stores, I see it as like a discounted price, and then I'm just like, it's sitting in my hard drive for like eight bucks. Mm-hmm. But then I had to delete it to like you know make make room for like Death Stranding and Call of Duty and stuff and. Yeah. Just like. Yeah, so I need the external hard drive. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I get it. Hopefully I'll get it. Yeah. And if not, you know, I. If not, you know, let's just say this promotion came right on time. So <laughs> um, 
I'll end up picking one up real soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, two terabytes, you'll be good to go. But, yeah, uh, those are our thoughts on the uh, Game Awards 2019. Um, some some interesting choices here. Of course, best ongoing game, Fortnite, but, you know, who cares about that? Uh, <laughs> the kids and Kyle Chapman does. <laughs> yes, yes. Um but, but yeah, so yeah, Game Awards 2019, uh, let us know what you think uh, for all those out there listening. Uh, and uh, yeah, you got, you got anything else for us, Carl, like a question of the week for us? Uh, I don't. I, I really don't. I'll probably put up a picture, of, you know, asking, you know, fans, what did they think of the Game Awards? And, um, hmm. oh, um, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I was thinking, um, well, for question of the week... Uh, let me see. Maybe question of the week can be, uh, what are your, what are your top three video games of the decade? That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Top three video games of the decade. Um, I, 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 guess, I'll, I guess I'll put up my, my answer first. Uh, one definitely, like I mentioned, the last of us. Yeah. Yeah, has to be on there. That's absolutely phenomenal. Um, another one. Uh, I gotta put Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like I have to. Um, Grand Theft Auto Five. And the third one. Man, because because if I'm just thinking about three, there's a lot I gotta leave out. Uh, there's so many. There, there's so many. Third one, I'm gonna go with. Third one, I'm gonna go with Bloodborne. Bloodborne as my. You chose about that one pretty hard, bodies. Yeah, I've beaten that game like four, five times. (laughs) That's how much I like because the game has such good replay value. It's it's my favorite from software games. So yeah, Last of Us, GTA Five, and Bloodborne. Those are my top three games of the decade. I would probably have to go with um, Spider-Man. Okay. We had that photo five. Okay. Yep. And Uncharted Four. Hmm. Good choices. Yeah. Especially Uncharted Four, man. That's how you... <laughs> no. That one actually has me. I actually replayed it and beat it like earlier this year. Hmm. Wow. And I still, I still felt the same joy that I had when I first played it. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those games where, like, like in terms of like the graphics, story, the gameplay, like it all comes together. Like for me, that's my, it's probably my favorite Uncharted game. Yeah. 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 Or two, three and one. Like I, I would go like 4-3-2-1. like backwards actually. <laughs> yeah. Because it's yeah, they're all they're all really good, and like, oh, Lost Legacy, which is a fun game. Mm-hmm. It's a short, it's a short title, but it's fun. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. Those are those are some good picks. And yeah. uh, okay, top three games of the decade. Yeah. So yeah, be sure to post them up on the social media uh, pages. Yep. Yeah. I should just put start making it now and just posting it up. Yeah. And uh, also, um, also on the on the Codex Prime uh, Facebook page, I posted my fate top well favorite top one hundred favorite films of the decade as well. Um, yeah, he did. Yep. So people can check that out. Let me know uh, uh, what y'all think. Um, have there's something for all everyone to enjoy there. Uh, 
you're, you're, you got this look on your face, Carl. Like I got my thoughts, but I'll just say I'll just. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. They're, they're, they're reserved. They're reserved thoughts. Okay. Uh, you know, feel free to like post them up in the comments. You did this on purpose. You did not put Endgame on that. Endgame should have been on the list. Well, okay. You cried when you first saw it. Mm-hmm. You cried when you bought it on DVD. Mm-hmm. Granted, you cried when you even talked about it. The cultural impact that that movie has made mm-hmm. is forget like the the financial stuff. Yeah, biggest movie and all that. Yeah. But the cultural impact, the fact that people are actually still talking about it, still dissecting that movie. Not even Infinity War didn't even make didn't even make it that was a movie when a bad guy actually lost and you left with joy oh you mean about when the bad guy won yeah when the bad guy won i meant yeah yeah but yeah you left with joy and not to mention, you know okay with the ending of game of thrones with you know the way a lot of tv shows and a lot of stuff ended like can end it's hard to close and they actually closed well to the point where it's like universally enjoyed. Yeah. You did that for the sake of hate. No. And that's my reserve. <laughs> no, um, I, I, I wanted to decide. Like, I mean, as much as I enjoyed Endgame, it's like, it does, it, it, it does, and it doesn't have a sense of finality because, like, because, because the MCU is too big. Where like Disney, they can't just let it go for at least a year or even two years. Let people miss it. Let people miss the MCU. Let the, let absence makes the heart grow fonder. But no, it's like okay, we ended it. Oh look, we got Spider Man Far From Home. Oh shit, we got Black Panther. I mean Black Widow. Oh shit, we got all these shows coming up on Disney Plus, which you have to watch to to watch the new MCU films because the new MCU films automatically can't stand on their own anymore because you got to watch the Disney Plus shows. So it's it's like you don't have a chance to miss it though. As, as powerful as Endgame was. I think you can't. No, I, I think you can't because it's like we're still – because it's it's what it is. It's like that sense of curiosity. It's like, all right, like you've had this big, you know, this big moment, this big moment and it's just like – especially as a comic book, okay, what can they do next? Like what – What's gonna be the next story? It's like, how can you top this? It's it's more of like, what you're more curious, like what can they do? And there's a lot of stories that they can tell, especially now, you know, with the Fox and Disney merger. I know you have your feelings about that, but it's like, okay, now we're getting X Men. How are they gonna do? How are they gonna do that? Are they gonna do, you know, with with uh, Scarlet Witch breaking off and doing anything, can they do something? Can they do House of M? House of M. They brought introduced the scrolls. Are they going to do the Secret Invasion? They they got the Fantastic Four. Are we finally going to get one of the greatest villains of all time, Doctor Doom? Are we going to get that? Like, are we going to get that? Is he going to be the next big villain? We don't know. So that's going to be like the sense of that's what I'm getting out at. But as far as like just you know. With, you know, with Endgame, wherever, it, it just at least should have been mentioned. It, it could, and Infinity War and Endgame, it should have been at least mentioned. <laughs> well, that, I, I think it didn't have to be number one. Right. Didn't have to be in the top 10, the top 50, as long as it was just, it's like, it could, it should, Infinity and Infinity War. 
mentioned. All right, fair enough. But I I, I wanted to highlight um, just if if because like if because for me like my favorite MCU film is still Black Panther. And for Understandable, me, and that's mentioned. Yeah. And that's mentioned, so I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you for that. Right. Yeah. But. But, but exactly, in an ensemble in, in an ensemble cast of great acting. Remember, you cried with Robert Downey when Tony Stark died. Well, and what was it? he just said? I am Iron Man. Hmm? He died. He didn't even say a word, and that drove you to tears. A lot of people, a lot of people cried in my theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I heard it, and, and to the point where when they showed his name at the end at the end credits, people people cheered. And it's like that's how you end, that's how you end a saga. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I totally agree. That's how you end a saga. But and then, even then, with Endgame, like when you're just like you're watching the screen, you're like, "Yo, this motherfucker won." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Left. You. It's a. It was a sad ending. Mm-hmm. Infinity War was a sad ending, and you still left with joy yeah yeah because you wanted to see how it how the thanos saga came to an end but but what i'm saying is that like as as monumental as endgame is disney and marvel it didn't give you a chance to let it truly sink in it doesn't doesn't give you a chance to miss these characters because like literally two months later spider-man far from home and oh that would that's because spider-man it was more like Okay, you got the ending. Far from home was just an epilogue. Yeah. Which so it was like it was like there, but it was just like okay. And then you have like a significant you have a significant amount of time mm-hmm. to where and in, in to where it's like it's not to where like okay Black Widow, but then Black Widow is gonna be a prequel. So you're still gonna get like, you, we still don't know what's gonna happen next. Well, I mean, if, I mean yes and no. I mean, I mean, with with Black Widow, I think, and like I said in the, in the last Victor's Corner, I did. I think that Black Widow, the even though it's a prequel, I think for me that's that's that feels like more of a proper send off because Black Widow finally has her own movie that she leads. So I think that's a more proper send off of the character uh but it's like but it's like you know we don't have a chance to miss these characters because now you have a whole slew of films coming out in the mcu that cannot stand that none of them can stand on their own two feet because you have to watch the shows to connect all the story threads not but then here's the thing like what are going to be the next slew of slew okay miss those certain characters that's basically we're in endgame i have an infinity war poster like right there so i'm looking so I'm looking right dead at him. Tony Stark's dead. Mm-hmm. Captain America is just old and ran to the sunset. We have no idea what's going to happen to the Hulk. Gamora is dead. Say what you want. Gamora is dead. The original. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, Vision's, well, Vision's going to be revived in WandaVision. Um, we don't know what's going to, we don't know what's going to go What's gonna happen with Thor? Oh, Chris, Chris Thor, Chris Hemsworth's character is gonna eventually get written off because they're introducing uh, Jane Foster is gonna be yep. as the new, you know, the new Thor. Yep. I mean, there's gonna be 
there's going to be new characters where you're not going to see the older ones as much. Mm-hmm. Like in time, like those characters, those characters that we all had gotten gotten um, attached to for the past eleven years, they're fading out. Yeah, making way for the new stores. We're taking the attitude errors fading out, and you're making room for the ruthless aggression era. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whole new whole new slew of talents and, and everybody. And, and like I said, if they're gonna go big events, like there's still so much that they're going to do that they can do. We still don't know what, mm-hmm. like, I couldn't even tell you like which one they would do. I really, Oh my God. If they bring in Dr. Doom and stuff, it just doom being like the next Thanos is, is would just be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll see. We will see where yeah, I mean, remain to be seen. Yeah. Didn't have to be didn't have to be in the top five, ten, fifteen, twenty, fifty. Mentioned somewhere. Cause I know there's like you have like a million films. I'm sure that there's like a million other movies that you saw that didn't make the film. That didn't make the list. Right. Oh yeah. So and it's okay. But those two, especially the way you jonesed about them mm-hmm. on this very show. Yeah, and there's audio and video, video evidence of it. Should have been, should have been mentioned. Yeah, there were just there were just a hundred hundred other movies that I felt more for different I, reasons. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I, I would be. Is, oh, I mean, this your list. Yeah, I, I, like I, said, I, I would love. I would love to see you post your list of favorite movies of the decade. It doesn't have to be a hundred. I mean, just how... Yeah, it damn sure will not be a hundred. Yeah, yeah, but however many you've seen that, like, speak to you, I would, I would like to see you post it on the Codex Prime Facebook. And, you know, let's see, see what people think, you know? That's going to take a lot. <laughs> That's going to take some work, but... I'll, yeah. I'll put it... I'll, I, can, I think I can do it. Yeah, yeah. Look I, up, I think I can do it. Yeah, look up all the films from 2010 to now... Well, if I was putting Creed up there too, like I watched it again when I, I brought it to work. Yeah. You know, for the my clients to watch, and I still like enjoyed the fuck out of that movie. Oh yeah, Creed still holds Creed up. Stupid. Yeah. Still don't understand why you cried, but it was just. Uh... <sighs> I mean, Stephen. I mean, Sylvester Stallone, man. I, I don't. I don't know, man. It, it just. It just. It just hit me in the feels. Just how great of an actor he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, like Sylvester Stallone, man, he's 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 one of the all-time greats. But uh, but yeah, man. Um, but yeah, that's. I'll try. I'll try to put. I'll try to put that together, and hopefully, I can be able to do it soon. It's just I got so much going. On. <laughs> well, oh, I had a, a lot these, this past on, you know, a few weeks, but. Yeah. Things are starting to calm down a bit and um I'm looking forward to our next episode when we're gonna review Oh yeah, oh, yeah the, review Star Wars. Yeah, we're gonna review The Rise of Skywalker, the third and final film in the sequel trilogy, directed by JJ Abrams. Um Yay. I mean I I, I wanna see I'm more I'm more interested in seeing what uh, Jim Savard uh, and Ewald think of the film once they once we bring him on uh, next Thursday. 
Yes, next Thursday. Yeah, put me yeah, a point out next Thursday. Yep. Uh, so next Thursday. Next, yeah, next Tuesday being Christmas Eve. Yep. Wednesday Christmas. So next Thursday we'll be doing our Star Wars review. Yep. Yep. So the Rise of Skywalker. Um. So let's see. Let's see if this film is uh gets gets as, a, gets as much unjustified hate from some uh trolling fanboys like the Last Jedi did. Uh, if if but, I hear things about the Last Jedi. Like I know, like you praised it. I've actually heard some people like didn't didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, th- there there are legitimate reasons uh, for 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 disliking the Last Jedi, but I think a lot of it, especially on in, like in the online discourse, people like hated it for like really no- noxious reasons. So yeah. which I won't get into, but I will say like if the leaks that I read about Rise of Skywalker are true. Jesus Christ, man! It's gonna be another. It's gonna be another. You gotta stay away from those leaks. It's no, no, no but, but here's the thing: it's like I'm gonna still see it regardless, but it's it's gonna be like the Iron Throne again if the leaks are true, and I hope not. But if it's the case where we get another uh, Iron Throne Star Wars edition, then yeah, I'm gonna bring some marshmallows because we're gonna have a good old fashioned roast. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Everybody loves roast. Oh yeah, everybody. Everybody loves. Just leave make your list. Uh, for my hundred favorite films? Hell yeah. no, no. Okay. Just... I'm like, I, if it was, like, I didn't care. <laughs> I don't care what time of the night it was. I don't know how the roads are, but I would drive down there just to smack you and leave. <laughs> I mean, I will say, like, if I came up with a list of like least favorite films of the decade, Justice League would be on there, no question. Oh yeah. Um, but, but yeah. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, uh, Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker guess comes out. That comes out this Friday, but next Thursday, the twenty sixth, we will have a, a full fledged discussion on that movie. Um, also, uh, on the Facebook page, at some point, I might post my top uh, twenty uh, favorite wrestling matches of the decade. Got some good ones on there too. So, well, yeah. we got a question of the week for video games. So, huh? yep. So yeah, so be on the lookout for all that, people. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Any other final thoughts, Carl? Find us everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, uh, YouTube, Facebook. Everywhere. Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Yep. I'm tired as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. But, yeah, uh, once again, uh, uh, thank you all so much for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, to this episode of the Code of Supreme Podcast. Like I said, tune in next Thursday, uh, December 26th for the Rise of Skywalker review. Um, be sure to also uh, chime in with your uh, thoughts about the question of the week, your top three favorite games of the decade. And uh, yeah, as always, we'll catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.